welcome to Improper Mimi. This is your host, Mimi Jacks. I'm excited to talk to you all today about things that help to empower women in all aspects of our lives, whether it's at home, work, or play. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. And today I have a special guest with us. We have Ms. Naisha Deed. She is the founder of Pure Spark, an organization that deals with uh, mental wellness as well as self-love. And um, I'm going to let Naisha introduce herself. I want you to tell us in, a little bit about what it is that you do and why do you love it so much? Thank you so much, Mimi. Um... So yeah, my name is Naisha Deed, and I am the founder of Pure Spark, which is a mental health advocacy organization whose platform currently is just on social media. So we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, um, and Instagram, um, and we post daily about psychoeducational things to keep in mind, um, why it's important to prioritize your mental health, um, and also warning signs. You know, what are the warning signs? When do you know that your mental health is kind of going downhill? Um, and I love it so much because I was affected by mental illness um, in various different ways. Um, I experienced four suicides in my family. Um, I experienced friends who lost loved ones by suicide. And I myself was suicidal. Um, so it's, it's affected me in all possible ways. Um, and it is my life's work to, to spread the news, um, about the importance of, um, prioritizing your mental health. Yeah. Excellent. And that is very important work. And thank you for, you know, for sharing, um, sharing your story and then even starting Pure Spark, you know, so that you can really share and impact, you know, those in our community um, who have questions about it. And like you say, people who have been impacted, you know, by, by mental illness. Um, I know like there's many different ways that we, you know, are impacted or come in contact with mental illness, whether we know it or not, you know, because a lot of times, um, some of our friends or family members, they may be struggling or going through something and we don't even know about it because so often I feel like, you know, maybe in the black community, you know, specifically, we just are so used to the, the strong black woman or so used to the stigma with mental health that we just shy away from it or we make a joke about it and we just try to bury it and just continue on like nothing ever happened. Um, and part of the healing is part of recognizing it, you know, so it's not, um, it's, it's not something that we just ignore, you know? Um, and so how did you, um, how did you, I guess, first realize for yourself, you know, like, you know, that it wasn't just a bad day or you just weren't feeling blue, you know? So, um, what were some of the, the points that really, you know, triggered and, and made you think like, wait a minute, I need some help here. Well, um, I think for me, I ignored all the warning signs, right. definitely ignored them um, until it got to the point where I couldn't ignore them. Um, so some of the warning signs for me, and you know, this is going to show up differently for everyone. Um, this is just my story. Um, but, you know, when I get anxious, I don't eat. 
Mm -hmm. I'm not eating. My stomach is tight, tight. So I have a somatic body reaction to the feeling or the emotion of anxiety. It makes my stomach tight. Um, so I was noticing that I was like losing a lot of weight. Um, also I wasn't sleeping well, mm -hmm. right? Um, I was getting up in the middle of the night and staying up. Um, and I would have like racing thoughts and I could not control my thoughts at all. Like they were just coming in and, you know, um, it was really connected to the environment that I was in. If I take a step back, um, and really look at it, I mean, this is, I could go on and on about <laughs> why, but I'll try to keep it short. Um, cause I know this is only an hour show, but, <laughs> um, the environment that I was in, I was living in DC away from family. I had friends, um, but you know, nothing really beats family that's there for you always. Um, and I was working in corporate America and I was in an environment where I did not feel, I did not perceive that I could be my authentic self. Um, and also too, I was pressuring myself a lot to perform and outperform other people. Um, and I think that that was really um, the beginning of the end for me, you know, um, that kind of led to those um, feelings, emotions, behaviors that eventually led to me um, being suicidal. So it's kind of um, a sequence of events. Um, I think that in a lot of cases, you know, people will just look at a point in time and be like, well, wow, why are they so angry? But that anger or that anxiety or that fear, it, it's, it's deep rooted, right? Mm -hmm. And if you go to therapy or if you journal, you can kind of get to that, the root of what really happened. And I had to do that. Yeah. And, and sometimes people don't um, recognize or, or know their triggers, you know, like, so I know like for me, it was, I'm, I'm such an outgoing person. I am there for everyone else. I've got friends over here, you know, for church. I've got friends over here for business. I've got friends over here from like childhood. And, but it's very much compartmentalized, you know? So then at certain points, it could feel very lonely. You know, you have all these people around you, but it just feels so very lonely, you know? So um, knowing those triggers, you know, of, of feeling alone or, or when um, you, you think that nothing, um, that nobody else can help you or because they only have a little piece of you, <laughs> you know, so, uh, and I talked to some friends who are just now realizing and recognizing their triggers of, it could be like you say, the anxiousness or the, or being angry, you know, and sometimes that anger may come out at work and you're like, whoa, why am I like snipping at everybody? And, um, but it, it really is deep, more deeply rooted, you know, like you say, um, and like being able to try to slow down back up talk to someone or journal like you say to identify you know what what why am i acting this way um and so is there like something or recommendations that you have like for people of like how do they recognize and identify and put a name to this for, for yeah them? um 
I think that's a great question. And I think that it's going to be different for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I love Pure Spark so much, because we know that we don't necessarily have all the answers, right? I think um, if we think about East versus West, right? Um, and we think about intuition, which is an Eastern, you know, belief mm -hmm. versus education and, you know, accolades, which is a Western belief. I, I tend to go towards that Eastern belief and that people have the answers within them, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I do somewhat have that Western side where I say, well, maybe they have it in them, but Pure Spark can show them different tools in different ways. Mm -hmm. And then you as the person can decide, oh, I like journaling. Oh, I don't really like therapy, but I like group therapy. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the ways that I like to tap into my emotions um, is through yoga and meditation. Mm -hmm. um, I really got into doing yoga on a regular basis once I moved back to Boston and I was trying to like get my footing. Yeah. And I went to a place um, and I would go probably about like three times a week. Okay. And I would feel great. There were so many things that would come to me during, you know, the yoga slash meditation practice um, where I just felt like a sense of ease and a sense of mm. calm. Um, but that's what works for me. You yeah. know, someone else might like, like I said, to, to go to group therapy. I don't know. Mm. Or it could be a combination of, of more than one thing. Yeah, a combination of more than one thing, you know, absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think for people to recognize their options and their choices, um, that's empowering in itself to know like, okay, so today I'll do like group therapy. And then maybe from there, just getting in touch and recognizing your feelings or knowing how to even talk about your feelings. Because sometimes it's just hard to, to talk about your feelings, especially when you're not used to it. When you're so used to building up a wall constantly to protect yourself, or, you know, just to, sometimes people feel as if you're protecting other people because you're not burdening them or what feels like, you know, being a burden to them. Um, so being able to talk about your feelings in one, you know, environment can then open up other doors for you to, to welcome in other treatments as well. Yeah, no, and I, I wanted to touch on one thing that you said about burdening, burdening people mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I talk about that a little bit on um, the Pure Spark um, um, social media is about having more than one person that you can talk to about mm -hmm. your emotions, feelings, issues, because it can become a little bit overwhelming if you continue to go to that same one friend and only talk to that friend about your issues, you know? Um, so having multiple friends that you can kind of balance it out with is, is yeah. a great tool and also having a therapist is even like better but not everybody can afford therapy mm -hmm. so you know having other friends more than one is always yeah it's so interesting you know because that topic's come up before a few times as well with with therapy and um it being available um available for from people in different areas of their life or different 
price points or you know how can you know some people afford it um and but also the fact that it is so helpful it is um it is a really good tool that you know some people have had a great breakthrough with and and sometimes they do make that sacrifice to to to, to have it no matter what you know um do you um feel that i don't i'm not sure like you know and 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 it's different i guess everywhere for for different people but like um in the people you come in contact with or people that come through like pure spark are they uh receptive to therapy and do and um are able to actually participate in it or do you find that many of them you know maybe can't afford therapy and so they're looking for other things that they can um, do to supplement that or to support themselves in other ways yeah um yeah so i think as it relates to pure spark we do get a lot of dms um asking us for like therapy sessions because i think there's okay. somewhat of a confusion on who we are and what we do mm -hmm. um so i always try to teach people you know hey you know we're we're not a therapist um we're here to share resources mm -hmm. and information um you know here's some information from psychology psychology today um where you can kind of do your own research and sort by you know um whatever you know mental illness that or mental um disturbance that you're feeling right now whether it be anxiety whether it be depression mm -hmm. you can sort by your zip code to find you know who's available in your area you can even sort by um you know um insurance to see who's going to be able to take your insurance so you can kind mm -hmm. of really get down to a really granular level of who's available in your area mm -hmm. um and then there's also to your point and what i mentioned earlier about affordability there's also therapists that will do a sliding scale so yeah. if you are making a certain income and they're they don't take insurance but you really like this person mm -hmm. um there's room to say um you know hey i make x amount of money will you be able to do do a session with me at this rate you can kind of bargain for some yeah in some cases mm -hmm. um but you know that that's the pure spark side but um when i do like speaking engagements for the community mm -hmm. yeah there are people who say um who will ask or say or comment like i'm having a hard time finding the therapists of color you know who's available mm -hmm. because the ones that are good and that are um you know in my price point they're not available they're not taking people Mm -hmm. um so that is that is an that is an issue that people are facing and i don't think that um it's something that we can solve in a day right yeah. um it's going to take um a lot of i think advocating and um you know um work around getting people to major in psychology and kind of get through that whole that mm -hmm. um i don't know what you would call it um rigorous education so that they can be therapists and psychiatrists mm -hmm. or whatever have you we have to increase that in our community um in order for them to be more therapists available <laughs> and um yeah so it, it is it is an issue and i think that um 
there are different people addressing it, like Taraji P. Henson, um, mm-hmm. who did a great conference last year in D.C., who, all, who addressed it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, Charlemagne the God, um, he addressed it a lot. He even has a book out on anxiety. Um, so I think it's going to take a lot of that, you know, to kind of get people yeah. um, realizing that it's an issue. Yeah, yeah. I know one of my um, friends down in D.C., Esther Boykins, and um, and she does like family and um, marriage, you know, therapy. And I, I really like some of the things that she's doing because she's doing some like social outreach, different kind of things. So it's almost like putting a face to therapy and putting um, different activities, whether it's a dating, you know, um, workshop or whether it's a sidewalk um, conversation kind of thing, um, but or even, you know, virtual sessions, you know, like where it could be online or on the phone or something like that. So then you could reach people in different areas, you know, different cities. Um, but I mean, those are, yeah, different kind of things, you know, that I, I look for and try to encourage and, and spread the word about of, you know, um, being able to open up different avenues or different ways of intake for um, for therapy within, you know, like the black community with, you know, for black women, uh, for our women of color, you know, because I think that um, oftentimes we have a lot of those pressures of, you know, the family and the job and um, just trying to keep everyone in line and make sure everyone else is okay before ourselves. Um, And so that's something that I, um, you know, going through school, you know, like as a single mom and then starting to work and just, I mean, I I totally had the support of my family as well, but feeling like it's on my shoulder, like I have to do this, you know, for my family and, you know, to kind of go full, you you know, full speed ahead and, um not really taking that time to take care of myself you know so so just talking to people trying to encourage them to take care of themselves um recognizing you know like the pressures that we put on ourselves um it's it's not fair it's not fair to ourselves <laughs> and you know we it's okay we deserve you know to take a break to slow down it's okay to say that we need help, you know? Um, and so, uh, you know, yeah. How, how can we encourage people um, to, to identify, you know, like to, to say, you know, to really identify, you know, what they're feeling and that it's okay to acknowledge it. Um, um. I, I love the quote, and I don't know who said it, um, you might know, um, be the change you want to see, right? Mm, um, yeah. And that means to me, like, if you're having issues with something in the world, whether it be people posting negative things on Facebook, for example, mm-hmm. be the change you want to see, post mm-hmm. positive things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing goes with like behaviors. Um, if I'm vulnerable, and I'm able to share and open up to somebody else about my struggles, my emotions, my feelings, that gives them the space to feel safe enough to do the same, right? Mm-hmm. 
So I think that, um, you know, definitely having more honest heart-to-heart conversations um, in our family, in our church, in our home, um, at our job mm-hmm. will create this domino effect whereby everyone's going to feel comfortable with able being able to, you know, share their emotions or, mm-hmm. you know, share their feelings um, in a healthy way, right, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's key <laughs> in a healthy way because you know at work it might be difficult if everyone's out there like you know sharing their feelings um you know creating a space where you can do that so you can have some structure might be the way that you do it at work um and it'll look different in every environment but yeah. being the change that you want to see starting a domino effect mm-hmm. and that's how and why I am so um, passionate about doing things like this, mm-hmm. um, about you know speaking at schools, speaking mm-hmm. at corporations, speaking at the in the community, because it does put a face to it, and it allows people to feel like, oh wow, well she's up there and she's comfortable with saying it. I'm gonna share my story too, and then I'm gonna and what one, one one time we had so many people sharing their stories. We're like, okay guys, we're sorry, <laughs> but it was it was great because wow. I don't know if these people were sharing their stories like this before. So I hope that they continue to do that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, because it's not often. I mean, I feel like it's not often that you hear of of women, you know, sharing or even talking about suicide. You know, like you don't really hear them saying, I'm a survivor, you know, like, you know, I went through this or I have attempted suicide and, and, but I survived and this is how I did it, you know, because you're right. Being that spark of light or hope for people, um, by sharing your story, you're letting them know that, okay, this person did that and I can do it too. Um, or even letting them know that you can survive from this. Like, it's not the end of the story, you know, it's just a, a pause and then the story continues. Like you can pick this story up again and let's keep going. Let's the story actually gets better. Yes. Let them know the story gets better, right? <laughs> it gets better. It's a plot twist, but I'm telling you, it's a heck of a plot twist. <laughs> exactly, right? We were saying earlier, it's like, you know what? I woke up today, you know, and and that's hard for some people. You know, it's hard, it's it's not always a positive thing, you know yeah, I woke up today, but then now I have to deal with my day, you know, but, you know, knowing that it's not the end of the story, you know, that's, you know, what maybe we can help people to focus on and um, to find, you know, that light at the end of the tunnel or to, you know, you know, when you're practicing yoga, sometimes they say to look at, you know, the same spot on the wall or something to help you keep your balance. But, you know, being able to look towards something, you know, and not just to, um, um, and it's hard, you know, because sometimes you really have to pull yourself out of, you know, a funk or, or how you're feeling in, in, in your feelings or whatever, but um, helping and seeing that other people have done it, knowing that you've done it before um, is, you know, 
hey, that's baby steps. You know, that's how we get it done. You know, that's how we encourage people. I know we talked about like journaling and therapy. Are there any of your other favorite like oh, yes. um, tools or tricks of the trade? Oh, yes. Kind of, like, I love self-care. I yes. love self-care. Um, <laughs> oh, can we go to self-care for a moment? Because that's my favorite thing. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people, when they think about self-care, they think about, you know, going to the nail salon, getting their nails done, or getting their hair done. Um, and yes, you know, I think in some regard that is self-care. Um, but for me, self-care looks like creating boundaries. Mm. No, when you really don't want to do something uh-huh. and feeling okay with that, you know, choosing you, right. Yeah. Giving yourself love. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of my like favorite things to do is like, if I really don't feel like doing something um, you know, creating a boundary and saying, well, nope, I can't talk to you today, but maybe, you know, um, next week will be a good time for us to talk, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's something that I did not practice when I was in corporate. Um, I said yes to everything. Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't Mm -hmm. say no, because then that will make me look weak. Right. What, you know, the greatest fear of all is, is looking weak. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't want, you know, the emperor has no clothes. You don't want anyone to see, you know, that. And now I'm like, well, wait a minute. I have value, even if I say no. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I do enjoy, um, like I said, obviously the meditation and the yoga, um, working out, being in nature. Woo. <laughs> I'm telling you, thank God we can still go outside during this, these times. Um, I don't know if your listeners know what time it is, you know, Mm -hmm. what the situation is right now, but, um, we're on lockdown. (laughs) Yeah, on lockdown. (laughs) So it's, it's great that we can still at least go outside, see the trees, breathe Mm -hmm. the air, um, let the wind hit your face. Mm Um, I love beaches. I love the water. But yeah, you know, so self-love to me is when you, obviously you're loving yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You're choosing yourself Mm -hmm. um, and you're being selfish. And I think that a lot of times in our culture, um, selfish has a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. Um, But in my mind of the word selfish, it's a way of survival in a way that you thrive because mm-hmm. once you fill up your cup or once you um, put your mask on, you can help somebody else, right? But if, you, if you're sitting there and you don't have a mask on or if you're not filling up your cup, where are you pouring from? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So the more times I pour into myself, I, I'm selfish and I do what I need, the more I can give out to, to people. And that's why when people look at me, they're like, wow, you do so much. Yeah, because I do a lot of self-care. <laughs> Y'all don't see that part. But yeah. I do self-care on a daily basis. Even when I was in Trinidad, uh-huh. as you know, yes, um, my friends would look at me and they'd be like, wow, you really do a lot, like, you know, of loving on yourself. And I said, yeah, I do. Yeah, we're worth it. You know, first of all, yes, I need to love on myself because... I'm worth it. I deserve it. 
And you're right. Like when we're pouring out to other people, we need to have something that fills us back up, you know? So that's self-care for me, you know, I can remember my niece calling me. It's like, Auntie Mimi, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. And she's like, you're not watching TV. I'm like, nope. She's like, so what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. I'm like sitting on the floor, laying out, just doing nothing, just taking in the quiet, the peace. That's some of my self-love to allow myself to sit there and do nothing. People will call me up and say, you know, why is it so quiet? I'm like, because I don't, I just want to disconnect. There's no TV, no music. Sometimes I'm just sitting there. They're like, are you okay? Are you depressed? I'm like, no, I'm just loving on myself. I'm just, just me and my thoughts. That's it. I don't need anything else. You know, sometimes I just need that break, you know, to break away. And even now, you know, like you mentioned, we're in um, COVID-19, you know, we're um, staying in the house, you know, um, people are working from home. Um, God bless the people who are essential workers who are out there still taking the train to work or um, working in hospitals, even working in buildings, facilities, you know, people are, are still, some people have to be out there to work. And, um, but just going from being around so many people to like now being around very few people or social distancing, you know, and, and I also am concerned about people doing social distancing just because yes, it's great for me. That's part of my self-love care package, but for others, they get anxiety. They're like, what are you doing today? What are your plans for tomorrow? I'm like, nothing. I'm staying in the house. I am not doing anything. I'm not going anywhere. But for some people, they miss that connection. So, you know, now is just as important as ever to reach out to people, you know, to see um, maybe their self-love, you know, they need to reach out to people. They need to stay connected or to see your face on a video, you know, or to hear your voice on a phone call, you know, so it just kind of helps to boost their spirits also. So, you know, maybe, yeah, people can recognize like if, if part of their self-love is talking to their grandmother or their mom or aunt or something, someone that you don't normally talk to, like, yeah, maybe just reach out to them and reconnect with them. Cause there's so many different ways for self-care. It doesn't have to be quiet time isolation. It could be connecting with the ones you love. You know, we're going to have um, a happy hour with some friends later, you know, where we're just all going to get on the phone, you know, well, get on, you know, like a, a video call together and, um, and I, I think that's a good way, you know, to, to stay connected and to check in on people. Because um, sometimes you just want to see their face, you know. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because um, this social distancing that we're um, mandated to do has actually um, caused me to get uh -huh. emotionally closer to different friends and family. And interestingly enough, I'm meeting more people now <laughs> than I probably would have before because of social distancing. So yes. um, real quick, I went to Howard, graduated in 2005. Um, wow. And Howard, you know, once, once you go there and you graduate, it's like family. You know what I mean? Always, always. Um, every year, homecoming, mm -hmm. you'll see little kids age a couple of months to like elderly people. 
who are like, you know, in their 90s who are still coming back to Howard uh-huh. Homecoming, which just shows you how um, connected they are. But anyway, yeah. there there's a group that was started um, by a woman just solely for Howard women who graduated um, from Howard. Um, and the group went from like maybe like, you know, a couple of hundred people to like, I don't know, maybe they were at like, maybe like 10,000 people, like pretty much in a couple of days. Um, And this one woman decided, she was like, let's have a virtual happy hour. Now, this group got created during Uh COVID-19, right? Um, And, you know, I don't know if Uh it would have gotten created before, you know, Um, and this virtual happy hour, I don't Uh think it would have happened um, if it wasn't for... COVID-19, right? So last night I was on a call with a whole bunch of Howard women that I've never yeah. met before. Everyone's connecting, you know, like sharing LinkedIn profiles <laughs> and, you know, just talking about things from like, you know, current events to like dating. And I think this just shows one of the positive sides to the situation that we're in. Exactly. That's cool and interesting, you know, just having meeting people while we're, you know, isolating ourselves or you know social distancing keeping you know certain um parts of our regular life daily activities compressed and separate and staying in indoors more um but yeah even you know like you say we at least we can still go outside at least we could still you know do our walks or do our bike riding or something like that where we're not really coming in contact with a bunch of other people I think it'll be interesting just seeing how we come out of this social uh, distancing on how on the flip side, when we're all able to go back to our normally scheduled lives, um, if it would really have changed people, you know, because they say what it takes about 40 days to change your habits or whatnot. So I'm pretty sure that most of us are going to be, um, either working from home, working remotely, or um, trying to keep our distance from people for at least 40 days or so. So when we come out of this, you know, are we still going to shake hands, hug people as much, you know? Um, and, and some of those are things that people really look forward to as far as connecting with people and feeling um, loved and, and, you know, embraced and welcomed. Um, so maybe, you know, we have to start looking and thinking of different ways of expressing ourselves, um, different ways of uh, letting people know that they're on our mind or that, you know, um, that we do care about them. Yeah, no, I think it's, I think um, you're right. It's going to be um, very interesting to see what gets birthed out of this whole situation. And I think that, um, you know, there's probably even going to be a lot of businesses that get birthed out of this situation. I think that I see there possibly being um, more conferences and webinars being done virtually. You know what I mean? You know, maybe going forward for me, I might, instead of like calling someone, I might decide to video chat them. Because I'm doing a heck of a lot more video chats than I ever did before. And they're actually mm-hmm. pretty fun, you know, to like look and see somebody like even <laughs> say, I'm like, you want to you wanna do a Zoom? Like you yeah. want to do video? So yeah, it's like I'm, I'm starting to get used to, to doing things in this way. Like you said, it takes 40 days to kind of change behavior. And I think 
there's going to be a lot that grows out of this. I think people are going to find out more about themselves because instead of going outside, you have to go inside and that's a double entendre mm-hmm. of staying inside the house but then going inside yourself, right? You know what I mean? Um, so <laughs> I think people are going to learn a yeah. lot about themselves. You're forced to learn a lot about yourself, right? In this situation. I think that, you know, relationships can go either way. You can either have relationships that are going to get stronger due to this or you could possibly have some relationships that might go their separate ways being in house with your your child and your husband you know 24 7 that might be hard for some folks i read an article about mm-hmm. china how you know there's a, the the um divorce rates have increased because people are just like nah i can't do this you know, one of my friends was talking about uh, a case of, you know, the opposite of people, a couple going through a divorce and then they, a husband wanting to reconcile, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, being, you know, stuck Definitely. at home with your wife does have its benefits. <laughs> and, you know, that can vary by household as well, you know, where it could be, uh, you just, sometimes you just need that time and to refocus and it can, this is going to be priceless this is going to be a memory that these kids have um you know going forward forever it's not just like a snow day where you know we're at home with mom or dad for one or two days seniors in in high school and in college this is impacting you know their final few months you know of interacting with their friends of getting their diplomas of not walking across the stage not having prom, you know, so this is changing um, how, how people are interacting socially for the next few months. And it's, it's not all going to be a bad thing. You know, like you say, I think, you know, people could come out of here stronger, um, knowing themselves, knowing what they really want. Um, and also hopefully, and that's why, you know, like I love Pure Spark too. I know you say like you guys are sharing information daily and it's good information. It's information you can share with others. It's information that can start a conversation, you know, with a friend. Be like, oh, did you see this? Like, yeah, how are you feeling? Or have you tried this? Oh, look, yeah, I was journaling and I just wanted to reach out and say hi because I miss you, you know, being, you know, that voice out there in uh, social media and different platforms of like, okay, putting it out there. Thank you. Um, so that's, that thank you awesome for that. Thank you for that great work there. <laughs> yes indeed sometimes you have to look within yourself to recognize okay how did I contribute to this you know and or and even maybe if not how I contributed it to it then how can I control my feelings and my reactions to what somebody else is doing and why am I reacting that way Um, so I mean just that openness that we have about ourselves right now and to be able to share that, you know, on social media and to share that in person as well. Um, all valuable, you know, priceless tools that we have at our hands that um, I'm glad that we can share with others. Thank you yeah. for creating a platform to share it. Oh yes, definitely. Yes. I love reaching out and chatting and pulling yeah. people. I'm like, it's just a <clears throat> conversation with yeah. friends, you know, that we are sharing with more people. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So where do you see or um, 
where do you see pure spark in like the future like what would be one of your goals and visions for um growing this platform yeah. and like who you interact um, with? so there's actually two things going on right now um we didn't really talk about the the other one but um i am trying to grow my public speaking platform um so i've done a lot of things in the community um i've done two like corporate events um and i've done one event at a school but i'm looking to do more um so i'm looking to speak at more schools mostly um high schools and colleges obviously more corporations um mm -hmm. and you know in the community i specifically want to try and partner with the churches um because i think that's where a lot of people who are, mm -hmm. you know, I hate to use the word broken, but who are going through some kind of mental anguish, they go to the church for spiritual healing, but they also need to look at their mental health as well, um, which are two separate things going on. And as it relates to oh, Pure Spark, yes. I would love to be able to move from just the social media platform to real life, similar to, you know, mm -hmm. um, what we're doing here and we're going to talk about our feelings and our emotions um and we'll have different topics it's a way that we can learn mm -hmm. from each other because you know this is tough for a lot of people and some people are coping with it better than others yeah. and we can learn from other people um so i want to be able to move from like i said the, mm -hmm. the social media platform to a virtual platform to then doing retreats where we're we're doing the whole the whole pure spark thing, which means mm -hmm. we're sharing different um, modalities and ways that people can heal, whether it be through meditation, yoga, mm -hmm. art therapy, sound therapy, you know, group therapy. We'll have all the modules available for people to kind of um, experience and access. Those all sound great, I'm sure. And this is, you know, a good time for planning too. So while you know the schools are closed and classes are virtual and online who knows maybe they need an online you know speaker for one of their classes or you know mentoring programs just because like we said you know even the pressures that you know the students are going through um you know even before you know with um school and grades and college applications and everything it's it, you know, it's important not only that they talk with each other about the stresses that they're going through, um, but whether they have a mentor or whether they have um, someone else that they can speak to, um, that they can share their feelings with, um, and sharing what you're doing and speaking with people is awesome as well. So let's see, anything else you can think of that we should, um, that are like, Anything else that you can think of that, you know, on our hearts or something that we want to share with people? Well, I, I, yeah, I guess, I guess um, if I think about my story and my situation and what really helped me because, you know, there was an attempt, right? Um, but I had a huge and still have a huge support system. And um, I think that a support system is a lifeline, you know? Um, and your support system consi can consist of your therapist, your psychiatrist, um, family members, friends, clergy, 
Um, but really, really create, I, I can't stress this enough, create a strong support system. It's going to help you a lot um, when you're going through tough times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and having that support system in advance before you need it is, is important. If you don't know who is the person you would call in case of an emergency, who would you call if you had to you know, if you need a shoulder to cry on or something like, um, identify who your support system is now, you know? Yeah, definitely very important. Um, oh, we all need somebody in our lives that, you know, we can, can talk to or, you know, turn to. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, a close friend, yeah. sometimes it's, you know, clergy, sometimes it's, um, yeah. sometimes it can even be a coworker, you know, sometimes we, we keep those relationships very private, but there are times when th there are people who know us, you know, very well, you know, yeah. don't be afraid to ask for help, <laughs> help, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. That's like one of the biggest things that I'm trying to disband in our culture, like as black women, but and don't be afraid to use them. Don't be, a, it's not a sign of weakness. You know, I, I, I want to make sure people know that too. Asking for help mm -hmm. is not a sign of weakness. <laughs> not a sign of weakness. Um, it's not a one-time use box, you know, where once you break the glass, you can never use it again. No, break the glass, use your support system, and then you set it back up again for the next time. Um, so don't feel like things have to be at the uh, very lowest of lowest lows before you reach out to your support system. Reach out to them whenever you feel, you know, a shift in your spirit, a shift in your um, emotional well-being, you know, go ahead and reach out to them. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a great, great idea. Yeah. Thank you again, Miss Naisha Deed with Pure Spark um, for joining us today on Improper Mimi and um allowing us to talk a little bit about you and your experiences and and the resources that um pure spark shares with everyone um, um tweets are like these little palatable like pieces of data that you know I, i'll just shoot out like little one sentence things um but on yeah. instagram and facebook it's just a, a little bit of a deeper dive because i'll have like maybe a diagram um, in a caption, but you know, your followers can follow me if they'd like to, I'm at your pure spark on Twitter mm -hmm. and I'm at your pure spark on Instagram or on Facebook. I'm just pure spark. Well, that's fine. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask, you know, share, definitely share with us, you know, where we can find you, wherever you guys, you know, want to look up Naisha and pure spark, please do feel free to share and forward and repost whatever speaks to you whatever um, you find is helpful um, so that we can help to spread the word um, to our families our friends our followers of the importance of mental um, wellness and of self-love and of speaking out when we um, have thoughts of suicide and speaking out when we are in low points and making sure that we have a support network so the more that we can share of those dark times, the more we can um, let people know how it is we got to where we are. Because we, we're not just always in the sunshine every day, all day. You know, different people have different paths and the way that we got there. You know, we really want 
people to see all of the times that we've gone through so that they know it, there's no magical potion for this. You know, we all struggle. We all, you know, have hard days, right? <laughs> and, you know, it is possible to survive it and to come out of it. And sometimes it's a daily journey. It's a daily struggle and it's work that we have to do every day. But with our support group, um, with avenues like Pure Spark of encouraging words, you know, we can do it. So, yes. All right. Well, thank you again, Naisha. I just want to, uh, you know, express, you know, it's so wonderful running into people and just, you know, like reconnecting, you know, it's just like, oh, yeah, that was like so meant cool to be. running into you in New York, like so <laughs> random. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, once again for listening to Improper Mimi, you know, where we talk about uh, empowering women at home, work, and play. I want to be sure that everyone follows us and that they are wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, you know, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, even on Anchor FM, you know, you guys can look up Improper Mimi and we uh, look forward to talking with you again soon. Ciao.